When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to your Wednesday Orange Brown Talk podcast. We are redoing the 2018 NFL Draft. Doug Maurice, Mary Kay Cabot, Dan Lobby, Irie Harris, and Ashley Bastock. We're going to redo the top 10 picks in service of something. Mostly reshaping the Cleveland Browns and seeing what they would be like if Josh Allen was in fact the Cleveland Brown. And to do that, we have to redraft because that draft certainly shaped where both these teams are as the Browns prepare to go to Buffalo on Sunday. All five of us are going to make two picks in the top 10, and we will start with Mary Kay Cabot off the top. The Cleveland Browns, Mary Kay, are on the clock, and you get to be what we've all wanted you to be all along, which is the person actually making the draft picks for the Browns, because if that had been the case over the past couple of years, they probably would be in better shape than they're in. Who are you taking number one for Cleveland? Well, I certainly wish, Doug, that I had been making the picks in 2018, because as you well know, I would have taken Josh Allen number one overall in 2018. Tried to talk the Browns into it. They just didn't listen to me uh, once again. So uh, now that we're redrafting the 2018 draft, I am taking one Josh Allen, uh, who now, of course, is playing for the Buffalo Bills. The Browns will play him on Sunday. Um, But taking Josh Allen number one, uh, it's worked out just exactly as I thought it was going to. Uh, so that's my pick. I was looking for all the wrong things that I wrote personally about Josh Allen in 2018, and I couldn't find all of them, but I did come across a lot of the correct things that you wrote. So we will get to that shortly because this is the dream scenario. This is Mary Kay Cabot bringing Josh Allen to Cleveland, and that's what everybody wants. But for now, we're going to finish off the top 10, and that's going to be with Dan Lobby as the GM of the New York Giants. They took Saquon Barkley. Oh, by the way, the Baker, the Browns took Baker Mayfield. Everybody remembers that, right? Remember you guys? <laughs> they took Baker Mayfield? Yeah, so that was the real thing. Dan, Saquon Barkley went number two to the New York Giants that year. Who were you taking for them at number two? Well, with the number two pick in the 2018 NFL Draft, the New York Giants select Lamar Jackson, quarterback, Louisville. I, and I yeah. actually, there was a part of me that wanted Mary Kay to say Lamar Jackson, number one, just to throw <laughs> this whole exercise off. But I think Lamar Jackson is the pick here. I think he's the second best quarterback in that draft. I think what we've seen from him, obviously, you know, there's a lot that goes into making Lamar Jackson successful. Just like I think there was a lot that went into making Josh Allen successful, which we'll talk about. But I think Lamar Jackson has to be the number two pick here. Again, this is a pretty darn good NFL draft. ESPN, before this season, did its ranking of what they expected to be the 100 best players in the NFL in 2022. 15 of those 100 were players drafted, or at least available to be drafted in 2018, because J.C. Jackson was undrafted that year, and he's one of those guys. Um, There have been 25 players who were drafted in 2018 who have made a Pro Bowl, plus three undrafted guys from that year who have made a Pro Bowl. So 28 Pro Bowlers to choose from as we make our top 10. I think almost everybody would go Allen Jackson, one, two. Who's going to go third? Irie Harris, you are picking for the New York Jets. They took Sam Darnold that year. Who are you taking for them here? The New York Jets, who took Sam Darnold, now Baker Mayfield's teammate present day. I am going to uh, choose Saquon Barkley, third out of Penn State. Saquon Barkley, who went two, only falls to three in this scenario. Uh, We can discuss that a little more at length a little bit later. I'm slightly surprised by that, but also he's awesome this year. So not completely surprised. Let's go to number four, which also was the Browns. And as you guys remember, Denzel Ward was the choice here. A lot of people thought it was going to be Bradley Chubb, who wound up going five to Denver. Ashley Bastock, fourth pick for the Cleveland Browns. Who are you taking? This is a tough one, I think, for me, because there's a handful of different directions I could go, including the direction the Browns did go in taking Denzel Ward. But, you know, that pick at the time, I think, was such a surprise. I think, you know, everyone kind of expected Denzel to go a bit later than he did, or a lot bit later than he did. 
But considering the current state of things, how the Browns have built this team, I'm going to go with Nick Chubb. He is the Browns right now. And yes, when you talk about value in running backs in terms of drafts, you know, this is definitely controversial. We have two running backs going in the top five, but follow the money on this Browns. This team is built around Nick Chubb, so I'm, I'm taking him and making sure I get him. There's a lot to unpack here, I think, between Saquon Barkley and Nick Chubb. I think there's a lot to unpack on if you had to choose right now, Cleveland Browns, you can have either Denzel Ward or Nick Chubb, which might be the case here, right? Who would you rather have? I think that's an interesting conversation, but we're not going to have it right now because we're going to finish off this stinking draft because that's what we're here to do, which means I'm picking fifth for the Denver Broncos who took Bradley Chubb. I think I actually had Chubb five on my list. So, but there are two guys who have not been picked who are still out, who I had going third and fourth. I think they're both players that you can build around on the defensive side of the ball with the way the NFL is right now. I'm a coin flip on them. One has been slightly healthier, but I'm going to go with a guy who I think might be a bit more of a game changer. And I'm going to take Derwin James, number five, safety for the San Diego Chargers, who went like 17th, I think, in the actual draft, something like that. He had a whole year that he missed with a knee injury. He did go 17th, but he was back last year. He's good again this year. I saw Dan Wentz. That makes me feel good. So Derwin James is my pick at number five for the Denver Broncos. And that brings us to Mary Kay picking sixth for the Indianapolis Colts, who actually in that draft took the guard Quentin Nelson, who has turned out to be a very good player. Mary Kay, who are you going to take? You know, Quentin Nelson has turned out to be a very good player. And and therefore, you know, I could stick with him there. But I don't know. I just kind of like guys that impact the game a little bit more than actually when you what you see a guard do. And even though I think he's been really, really good, uh, I want to go with another player here, and that is Minka Fitzpatrick. I like a guy that jumps off the page in a game when you're picking this high in the top 10. And, and I think uh, he's a game changer. That's the guy who I was between with Derwin James and Minka Fitzpatrick. Minka Fitzpatrick actually went 11th to Miami, then was traded a couple years later to a, uh, for a first-round pick to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, he's been very good. Uh, he had appendicitis, but I don't think he'll be out that long. So he's a good player, and he goes sixth in our redraft. This brings us now to the seventh pick, Dan. You are now the Buffalo Bills who took Josh Allen, and I think the only choice here is for them to take Baker Mayfield, right? So that makes sense. Dan <laughs> takes Baker Mayfield seventh, eight. No. Dan, you actually get to make a choice here because they're they're missing out on their big-time quarterback now. Who are they going to take now? This is this is nightmare scenario for the Buffalo Bills because let's not forget, a year earlier, the Buffalo Bills were sitting at number 10 overall, and they took a phone call from the Kansas City Chiefs and said, eh, yeah, sure, you guys can have Patrick Mahomes. That's fine. <laughs> and now... Here the Buffalo Bills are. I guess, look, if it, if we were back in 2018, the Bills would probably take Baker Mayfield in this spot. Mm-hmm. But we're not in 2018 anymore. So I guess the Buffalo Bills, oh, this is tough. There's some tackles they could take. You know, Orlando Brown Jr. was in this draft. Shaq Leonard is in this draft. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm stuck here. I'm it's hard here because you're coming safeties. down from Josh Allen. You actually got Josh Allen. And now we're like, oh, I don't know. Maybe they could get a safety. And it's Both such my a safeties are gone. Different. Yeah, yeah. Quentin Nelson right. is still out there. Quentin Nelson is still out there. But I'll tell you what I'm, I'm going to do here. And if I'm the Buffalo Bills and I've got a defensive head coach, I still probably like defensive players. So in this spot, is Fred Warner? Is Fred Warner a reach? I think I'm going to take Fred Warner. He's not a reach. I, I had him ninth. You're taking him here seventh. I think that's very reasonable. He's a third round pick for San Francisco. He's been a consistent Pro Bowl uh, linebacker. There was the 70th pick overall. Dan, you're taking him here at seven. He's you know he's no Josh Allen, but he's not a bad consolation prize. That brings us to Irie Harris picking eight for the Chicago Bears. Um, they actually took Roquan Smith, a linebacker here. So, Dan, you're right. See, it's not too high to take a linebacker generally. Irie, who are you going to take for the Bears here? All right. So, for the Chicago Bears and this, I also thought about it bit because Smith wasn't the worst pick, but I think we can do a bit better. So, instead of Smith, we are going to go with Orlando Brown Jr. 
Orlando Brown Jr. This is the Ravens had a good draft there. They got Orlando Brown Jr. They got Mark Andrews in this draft and they got Lamar Jackson in this draft and they took some other dude ahead of all of them. So Orlando Brown Jr. as a left tackle, pretty good pick here. Uh, I think the I think the Bears would be decently happy with that in real life. Number nine, Ashley, you're picking for the San Francisco 49ers, who, again, it's not too early for a tackle because they took Mike McGlinchey, who I guess is OK. I don't know, but he's not going to get picked in our top 10 here for real. Ashley, who are you going to take? This is tough. Um, I'm debating like how many tight ends is too many tight ends for the 49ers to have. Like, can you play all 11 positions tight end? I don't know. Kevin Stefanski probably asks himself that sometimes. Um, But I don't know. You know, I'm not going to take Mark Andrews here. I'm going to actually take Denzel Ward here because I do think he is still like a top a top guy for me who should have gone this high. And, And looking at that roster now. Um, I think another good corner to kind of mold into that system, I'd be happy with that. Yeah, I, I really do think he's probably still a top 10 player in this yeah. draft, the way things have evolved and the value of the position. And so I'll round it out with a guy who actually would have taken slightly ahead of Denzel Ward, and he makes slightly more money than Denzel Ward. It's another corner, Jair Alexander from the Green Bay Packers, who went like in the teens in the real draft to Green Bay, but has been like a really good player. He makes $21 million a year, and Denzel makes 20 plus per year. Um, so they're both well compensated. They're both number one corners. He went 18th overall. I will pick him 10th here, and that will finish off that draft. Quentin Nelson, it's one of those things. It's hard, Mary Kay. He's a really good player. He went sixth. He might be one of the 50 best players in the league, but like the Colts stink, even though he's good. And mm-hmm. positional value, it's like, sorry to Quentin Nelson. He didn't go on our redraft, but it's hard to take a guard, Mary Kay, when you see all these quarterbacks and corners and safeties and running backs who are really good players right now, right? It was Quentin Nelson mad at us. Uh, well, I think we should have put Quentin Nelson in the top 10. I, I actually really do think that um, because he is actually a four-time pro bowler and a third, three-time first team all pro. That's really hard to do. It's yep. really hard to be a first team all pro. And I know guard is not a sexy position. And again, I'm guilty of it because, you know, I didn't take him at number six. I didn't put him back with the Colts at number six because Again, you know, you just don't think of a guard as being a game changer. But look what happened to the Browns in Miami when Wyatt Teller left the lineup, right? I mean, if you have a four-time Pro Bowl guard, three-time first team, all pro, you can do some pretty amazing things, uh, both in the running game and the passing game. So I do think that we probably should have put him somewhere in our top ten. Okay, so our real top 10, our our fake top 10 that we actually just drafted, Josh Allen 1, Lamar Jackson 2, Saquon Barkley 3. Who did you – oh, Nick Chubb. I was like, who would you take, Ashley? I can't remember. I can't read my handwriting. (laughs) Nick Chubb went (laughs) 4. Derwin James went 5. Micah Fitzpatrick went 6. Fred Warner went 7. Orlando Brown Jr. went 8. Denzel Ward went nine and Jair Alexander went 10. I will refresh you on this. The ESPN top 100 players coming into the season, the 15 players from this draft, Josh Allen was five. Quentin Nelson was 21. Minka Fitzpatrick was 23. Fred Warner was 25. Mark Andrews, the Baltimore tight end who went in the third round was 33. Jair Alexander was 34. Darius Leonard, the Indianapolis linebacker went 35th. Lamar Jackson was 42. Derwin James was 43. J.C. Jackson, who was undrafted, the corner, went 45. Nick Chubb was 47. D.J. Moore, the receiver, went 59. That seems high to me. Denzel Ward went 63. Vita Vea, the defensive tackle, went 95. And Roquan Smith was 97. Dan, you also you had a, a, a note. You had some takes, I think, on those. <laughs> uh, do you not agree with all 15 of those 2018 draft picks in the top 100? Too, too many guys ahead of Lamar Jackson. That's all. Just, just yeah. too many, too many guys ahead of Lamar. Mark Andrews is ahead of is ahead of Lamar Jackson on that list. Come on, yeah, mm-hmm. that 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 seems wrong. Um, okay, so that's that's the thing we needed to do to now have the next conversation as the Browns and the Bills get ready to play, and we'll have it next on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. We're back on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. There's two conversations that we really need to have here. One is Josh Allen as a Brown and what happened and what should have happened and how much this set the Browns back. And the other thing that's interesting that we have to get to, and we'll do Josh Allen first. They're playing the Bills. You guys get why we're doing that, right? Everybody listening, they're playing the Bills. This is why we're doing this. 
The Browns in this world have Josh Allen and Minka Fitzpatrick. They don't have Denzel Ward. They don't have Nick Chubb, right? It's reshaping the because it turned out that 2018 draft, getting Ward and Chubb was fundamental to who the Browns have become. Now, they're the only two people from that draft who are still on the team. Baker Mayfield's gone. Austin Corbett's gone. Chad Thomas, Dan Lobby's guy. They're going to DJ together someday. He's gone. Antonio Callaway, Jannard Avery, Damian Ratley, Simeon Thomas, they're all gone. But you do also, I think it's fair to think about like Austin Corbett's failure created the need for Wyatt Teller, who was a fifth round pick in this draft. So sometimes I just pretend that Wyatt Teller is Austin Corbett and he just changed his name. Like it's Austin Corbett in the witness protection program and he changed his name to Wyatt because that sounds more like a cowboy. Austin, he's like, I'm tired of being an Austin. I want to be a Wyatt. And then if they took Wyatt Teller, if they were like, they took Wyatt Teller and Nick Chubb two picks apart in the second round, you'll build a statue to John Dorsey. Instead, you know, he didn't take Josh Allen. He has two of his picks left on the roster. So we do have to talk about the reshaping of the Browns because it's hard to envision a world with Nick Chubb, not a Brown. But Mary Kay, I was reading again one of your final stories from that draft week that the Browns were down to Josh Allen and Baker Mayfield. Mm -hmm. And lots of people were reporting lots of different things. And you were zeroed in on this. I felt like you were zeroed in on the process. You had a handle on what was actually happening in the building. As we sit here now, how close in your mind did the Browns come to taking Josh Allen number one? Not close at all. Not close at all. A lot of that was gamesmanship. That is what goes on before the draft. Because we came to find out later that John Dorsey basically said, I knew in October, before he even got the Browns job in December, that he would have taken Baker Mayfield. The rest of it was window dressing and 100% gamesmanship. Uh, They never were really very serious at all in taking Josh Allen. They believed that an inaccurate college quarterback was not going to become an accurate pro quarterback. Plus, what's more, is that John Dorsey and his friend Scott McLuhan were so sold on Baker Mayfield, they had no eyes for anyone else. And they really thought that they were going to strike lightning twice with sort of the Brett Favre vibe and and have their own Brett Favre, Favre in Baker Mayfield. They did not think very much of Josh Allen, but they played out the ruse like all the way to the end. And I mean, I I actually, you know, I, at that point I was, you know, talking to people behind the scenes and I kept on saying, you you guys are going to take Josh Allen, right? I mean, you're, you're going to draft Josh Allen. And, um, and like I said, they, they just kept it going and kept it going right up until draft day. You could probably see when you look back at the stories right up until draft day, I wasn't sure what they were going to do because they were, it's lying season. The draft is lying season. A general manager will lie to his mother or his grandmother uh, to get accomplished what he wants to pre-draft. And so, no, they were, they were not close. They were all in on Baker Mayfield. And, uh, and that's just the way that it was. So Mary Kay, I just, I want to ask you one more on this, the way you're describing it. Do you just believe they had, blinders on that they just fell in love with the guy and if they had been a little more open-minded to the process do you think that the process maybe they would have said well we start the process liking baker mayfield but we're open to things do you think if they would have been more open that the process might have led them to josh allen if they weren't so certain in october you know i think so and and this is another um part of the discussion that we can get into maybe in a little bit Um, but you know, when I look at the way that they were set up and structured at that, at that point, um, if Freddie Kitchens was going to be the head coach, I don't think Josh Allen would have been successful here. And that's just, that's probably another pod for maybe another day, but you know, I I just don't think he would have been set up for success here the way that he was in, in Buffalo with Brian Dable. My goodness. I mean, they knew what they had. They knew the treasure that they had, and they knew what to do with it. But what happened back then was uh, teams and general managers and coaches, they did not see the wisdom and the value in the fact that they had a guy built like a linebacker that was going to be running the ball for you and running over people and hurtling people at the quarterback position. They didn't get it. People didn't see that. 
it was something that sort of was like in the analytics world too, sort of missed because it just wasn't part of the process. So I think that was huge in all of this. Um, but I 100% think that John Dorsey only had eyes for Baker Mayfield. Nothing was going to get him off that position. Mary Kay said it might be time to do it on another podcast. Let's do it right now. Dan, in this draft, the Browns took Baker Mayfield and the Jets took Sam Darnold. The first two quarterbacks taken were taken by franchises who are not so good. And then Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson got taken by franchises that were more structured to develop them and, and accentuate their strengths and cover up their weaknesses. And I don't think it's coincidental that Allen and Jackson are the two success stories here from those franchises. And Arizona took Josh Rosen and punted after a year and took Kyler Murray. So we don't have to talk about Josh Rosen. But Dan, that point, do you think how close to the Josh Allen that emerged would we have gotten in Cleveland if he had been a Brown? Is this guy going to be a success story? Or would we be sitting here today saying, well, the Browns blew it on Josh Allen. They could have had Baker Mayfield, who is leading the bill. You know what I mean? Like, would we, Is it more about the, the organization or how much is it about the individual quarterback? I, I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you, Doug. I think that's the I think that's kind of the one of the key discussions in this is Josh Allen and how he would have developed here and just everything around him. Now, there's a part of me that just believes he's so talented. Like sometimes these guys are just so talented. It doesn't matter. But Josh is such an interesting case because he was sort of this line in the sand. I think we have to remember 2018. It was all about football guys versus analytics guys, right? Not just on the Browns, but on football, Twitter, everywhere. And Josh Allen sort of became the battleground. Yep. Like if you like if you like Josh Allen, you're just an old school football guy. And if you like Baker Mayfield and Josh Rosen, you're like, you know, all you do is look at spreadsheets all day. And, I mean, those were the lines that were drawn in the sand. And I, I do wonder, I was thinking about this today, if Josh Allen in his rookie season in Cleveland would have completed 52% of his passes, thrown 10 touchdowns and 12 interceptions, and Baker Mayfield in New York or Buffalo, or let's say Buffalo, would have set the rookie touchdown record. What would we have been writing that off season? Yeah, like like would we have been writing? Oh man, the Browns really messed this up. I I do wonder if that instability around this whole organization would have just torpedoed any chance of having the patience it took to develop Josh Allen over two to three years because the talent is there. We know that and we saw that right away. But if you start getting into changing coaches and changing GMs, and then all of a sudden this guy's not the guy I drafted and he's completing 56% of his passes and, you know, he's playing the position like every throw is the last throw he's ever going to make. You do wonder if there would have been enough patience here to let that develop. And maybe it would have been a case where he goes, where he fails here and goes someplace else and develops there. I I don't know. I, I think that's a fair discussion to have with a guy like this. Mm-hmm. Who was the better quarterback as a rookie? Baker, I mean, as you just, you just laid the stats out, Dan, Baker Mayfield looked like the better quarterback in year mm-hmm. one. It was like, oh, I, I, I think the Browns made the right choice. Like, this is going to work. So mm-hmm. I, I do think it is it is a complicated discussion with Josh Allen, and it leads me to a, a question that I want to ask before we get out of here. But Irie, as we sit here now, listen, Irie was, I don't know what, 10th grade in 2018? I don't know. Irie, he's a, he's a youngster. Irie, when you sit here and think about this, the idea of like, hey, the Browns and the Bills are getting ready to play each other, and the Browns could have had Josh Allen, like, does it make your head spin? Does it make you feel like a crazy person that the Browns didn't just take this gigantic guy who looks like a linebacker? It, it does a bit. I mean, just thinking within that time span of, yes, it was football guys, though. So, no, the guys – some people call football guys, I call it the eye test, those that use the eye test compared to, you know, the numbers and whatnot. And Josh Allen was somebody that went with the eye test. You saw the potential. You saw the ceiling. But then when it came to Baker at the time, he was at, on his own, at, you know, his own success story. A walk-on, first walk-on to win the highest man. He just had this this fire and ferocity on the field, like all you guys, maybe underdog, I'm coming at you. So it just became a sense of, well, is is only it became an 
understanding that maybe you'll be able to do this in the pros. So when it comes to, oh, they should have chosen Josh Allen, I'm not going to totally say that they were on the wrong end of that because at the time, and that, that's why we always say when it comes to drafts, everything is always within the moment. I thought I was going to speculate what they did in college and hopefully how they make out in the pros. So now it, it definitely does make a spin, though, because Baker's not here anymore. And Josh Allen's in the MVP conversation, so that's another. It, it is kind of weird, though, as you guys are outlining. It was analytics versus old-school football guys. Is there a more old-school football guy than John Dorsey? And he looked, took mm-hmm. the analytics guy. Like, that's the thing that's like, as we have this conversation, it feels like, oh, you know, Sashi Brown or Andrew Barry, they would have taken Baker Mayfield, but John Doris was like, oh, this guy looks like a linebacker. He can throw it for, through a wall. I'm taking that guy. And then it's like, that's what should have happened. But somehow <laughs> the guy who wore a sweatshirt every day picked the nerd quarterback. How did we get – like Mary Kay, that's the – I mean you and Dan have this nailed, but it's also like how how did we get here? How did John Dorsey – doesn't Josh Allen seem like a John Dorsey kind of guy? No, 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 because because of the accuracy issue. Okay, people okay. couldn't get past that. They couldn't get past that, and they weren't really, really. Again, once as I mentioned, looking at the running aspect of him, the dual threat quarterback aspect of him. That's usually reserved for the Lamar Jacksons and quarterbacks like that, who you know who are known for that and who have a history of that. Nobody really looked at Josh Allen and thought, "Oh, big dude." going to run over you, dual threat. Uh, people didn't look at that. I talked to so many people about him and everybody was so worried about the accuracy. And at some point, I will tell you what my process was with this and how I ended up at Josh Allen because it was a thorough, thorough process. I mean, it, this wasn't just like go to the senior bowl and watch him throw the ball a little bit and make this decision. I mean, I did like 10, 12 different things to arrive at that decision, including, you know, studying film, whatnot. But, um, but anyways, so um, the thing about John Dorsey with Baker Mayfield, this was the huge part of it is that he fell in love with the crotch grabbing flag planting dude that Baker Mayfield was. That's what he loved about him. They wanted a little SOB to come in here and grab this team by the footballs and take it where it couldn't go. That's yeah. what they wanted, and that's what they got. This is why Mary Kay is a Hall of Famer. That's that <laughs> last like that last like three sentences right there. That's why she's going into the Hall of Fame today. <laughs> God, they let Mike Mayock run a team. Let Mary Kay run a team. What are we doing? <laughs> Mary Kay is like, like I had a twelve step process that led me to Josh Allen. Meanwhile, everybody else is picking Baker Mayfield. Ashley, I do think, and, and this is what I thought in the moment. My process doesn't have 12 steps. It has like a step and a half. <laughs> I thought the Browns taking a quarterback at number one like that, really taking a quarterback that high for the first time since Tim Couch after years of taking quarterbacks in the 20s and missing, I thought they couldn't afford to miss. And I thought there was more boom-bust potential with Allen and Jackson because I thought – it's a little harder to wrap your head around. It requires sort of the right fit. You've got to develop them the right way. And I thought Baker was safer, right? He's shorter, but he's also safer. He's definitely going to be accurate. You know what he is. And at the very least, he won't be like a complete bomb. And I thought more than anything, the Browns like could not bomb that pick. Ashley, what you know now about the Browns, do you think? And listen, I think Lamar at this point, I mean, Kyler goes number one the next year. Lamar Jackson was really not in the conversation then as the number one pick. He just wasn't. And it turns out he should have been. He absolutely should have been. Ashley, do you think the Browns, as you know them, could have developed either Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson into the kind of success stories they've become in Buffalo and Baltimore? That's what's so tough because, I mean, when we talk about Baker Mayfield, like part of that conversation is all of the change he had to endure here, right? Um, I truly think that it's an unknowable question, but I will say this, like Baker Mayfield for all the change he underwent here. Like, I don't think if you say plopped him in Buffalo that he becomes Josh Allen, like for many reasons that that would not happen. Um, But I do think like with him, what you're saying, Doug, and we know this to be true now. And I think most people knew it to be true at the time with Baker Mayfield, because he was, 
older and all of that stuff, you essentially knew what you were getting and the size limitations and all of those things. Where the other two guys, it was kind of more of a gamble. And I don't know with these past Browns regimes, especially if you would have gotten the same result with Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen. Like, I think both of them, at the end of the day, can't be argued. Obviously, they are more talented than Baker Mayfield. But I don't know if they become the Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson that we know given everything they may have had to endure in the early part of their careers. But I think ultimately the Browns would have been either would have been better off going in either of those directions in, in terms of the long run. But the part that we're missing in all of this, and I know Dan loves this point as well, there's a world that the Browns wouldn't have needed to take a quarterback in this draft at all if they would have gotten Deshaun Watson. We're not doing twenty seventeen, we're doing twenty. I know, but we're I'm just saying there is they're playing that, the Bills. Doug, there is there is a lot at play here, though. This doesn't exist in a vacuum. That's my point. Well, it does. There's it a lot of different ways that they... Of the redraft of 2018. It exists in this little vacuum. Can, can I add something? And this is not re-legislating 2017. <laughs> I, I do think... I think the points we're making, and obviously I was part of it, I think the points we're making about Josh Allen developing here are valid and wondering if it would have worked. But also... I think, because I'm sure somebody has their earbuds in and they're screaming at us right now, I think the bigger point here, though, is still they blew the pick. Yeah. Even even if, even if Josh Allen wouldn't have developed here the way he did in Buffalo, they they still blew the pick. They still picked the wrong guy. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you just have so, to look at what all those guys are doing now, right? And, like, Baker Mayfield's not even really a true starter in Carolina this year and all the problems that they've had. And he's one of the worst quarterbacks in the league this year. I mean, we watched his demise kind of unfold in real time the last two seasons. You know what I think this 2018 draft shows? I mean, look at the inexact science drafting quarterbacks is. I mean, this original 2018 draft, there was so much hype over these four quarterbacks, and nobody even included Lamar Jackson in the conversation, by the way. So he should have obviously been in this top conversation, and he wasn't. Um, You know, Baker Mayfield, number one. Sam Darnold, number three. Josh Allen, number seven. And Josh Rosen, number 10. And it just blows my mind how off all of these brilliant talent evaluators and GMs and personnel guys are that you could be that off on quarterbacks, but it happens all the time. And and again, you know, Mary Kay, like to your point a year before a team traded out, traded away from Patrick Mahomes and another team traded away from Deshaun Watson and Mitch Trubisky went number two. So yeah, I mean, I think this is just a continuation of that. There's another, there's another lesson from this too, but I don't want to hijack it to, to that yet. So Doug, Go I mean, ahead and go where you want. You could be the Jets because the Jets took Sam Darnold instead of Josh Allen, and then they took Zach Wilson instead of Justin Fields, and Justin Fields might be like the next version of Josh Allen, of like a big physical guy who can run, mm-hmm. who then can also throw, and you will develop. So I do think now, – now here's the thing. Are we sure <laughs> – Ashley's mad at me because I cut her off. I'm sorry, <laughs> Ashley. Are we sure you. that Baker Mayfield – is a miss. They made the playoffs with him, and as a rookie, he set the rookie touchdown. Right, like Josh Rosen's a miss, and Sam Darnold like never did anything with the Jets, and they like just got rid of him. Baker Mayfield, like it's weird to me because I do think it obviously affects our Josh Allen discussion that Baker Mayfield got worse over the course of his career here. His, his best year was like half Hugh Jackson, half Greg Williams. And then 2019 was a mess. And then 2020 was terrible at the beginning. Then he was good at the end. And then he got hurt. So, Dan, like it affects how we view it. Like, But they made the playoffs for the first time in forever with this guy as the quarterback. And he did win some games here. Uh, you know, two years ago at this time, we, didn't, we wouldn't have called him a miss. We would have said, well, he's playing as good as Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. Like it's it's uh, we have and again if it's if this is a, a a conversation that's at least partly about the ability of a team to develop any quarterback they take in the first round, Baker Mayfield got worse, and now he's in Carolina and he looks broken and it's like oh the Browns broke him and sent him off into the world, 
But he was a better quarterback at one point than he showed at the end. Like, how do we take that into consideration, Dan? I, I think he's a miss because, first of all, he's not your quarterback anymore. And you did everything in your power to make sure he wasn't going to be your quarterback this year. Um, so I, I think the fact that he didn't get a second contract. Now, they did pick up his fifth-year option. So, so that's something people do kind of keep an eye on with these picks. But I think the fact that he's not your quarterback anymore and he was the number one pick makes him a miss. And I think about a guy like, I think about a guy like Alex Smith, who is a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield. Alex Smith was the number one overall pick in San Francisco. Ultimately, wasn't good enough. Good enough gets replaced by Colin Kaepernick. Kaepernick, who takes them to the Super Bowl. Alex Smith has a nice sort of career resurgence in Kansas City, but then ultimately he's not good enough there, gets replaced by Patrick Mahomes. A good quarterback who had a really nice career, that's that's still a miss as your number one overall pick. I, I think you have to, when there are other generational quarterbacks in the draft and you didn't get one of them, I, I think it has to be a miss. And you're right, you're right Baker Mayfield, was good at times, and I think he's probably the best quarterback the Browns have had since 1999. But that doesn't make it the right pick, and that that doesn't mean that they necessarily hit on the pick. Because I so think Mar- there was ultimately more bad than good. Mary Kay, this idea of Baker, the Baker that came to be his four seasons in Cleveland, how much of that is that's who he is? He's limited in some ways. He like he. I just thought he was going to be like super accurate all the time, and then it kind of stopped being super accurate. How much was it him, and how much was it a failure of the organization to bring out the best in him that we saw glimpses of at least as a rookie and a little bit at the end of year three? I think there's a lot to be said for that. I think that Baker Mayfield landed in uh, another dysfunctional period in Cleveland Browns history where it's very difficult for these young quarterbacks to succeed. He had all kinds of upheaval. He had all kinds of dysfunction. I mean, the things that were going on inside the building at that time were just, would just make your hair stand on end. It's just not what you would expect, uh, not the kind of environment for success for a young quarterback. Firings and lack of continuity and too many coordinators. So no, he was not set up for success here, for sustained success here at all. And that's why I do still think that there is a world in which Baker Mayfield can go on to be a functional quarterback for someone. I still think it was a miss because you should have taken Josh Allen. That was the pick. Um, But if you didn't take, even if you didn't take Josh Allen, I mean, Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson were the two better quarterbacks in this draft, and you ended up with Baker Mayfield. So, I do, you know, when I look at Geno Smith, who, by the way, in 2013, I said the Browns should draft number six overall and build the offense around him. I'm not I even kidding. When late. I say that Mary Kay should be the GM, like, I'm not <laughs> even kidding because I've been, you guys have been around, I've been around long enough for Mary to keep it, Kay, before draft to be like, I would have taken David Derek Carr over Johnny Manziel. I would have taken Geno Smith. Like, all these people, like, I tell you, at least let you pick the quarterbacks, Mary Kay. Maybe somebody else if they want who <laughs> can pick the fourth round guards, but you have had a handle on the quarterbacks over the last decade or so. Well, I have, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm definitely not always right. I'm definitely not always right. But, in, in this particular case, and I usually try not to take victory laps either because I, I just don't really love to do that. But I, I am a little bit, um, I, w- I guess, proud of the fact that uh, I worked really hard on this 2018 draft and I feel like I came up with the, with the right guy. So I am taking a little bit of a victory lap on Josh Allen. I, but anyways, the point that I was going to make here is that Geno Smith is now in a good situation for Geno Smith. Quite often, young quarterbacks in the NFL land in really bad situations, right? There are a lot of dysfunctional organizations. There are a lot of coaches that are not very good. You have to take a quarterback and you have to treat him with kid gloves. You have to put everything around him that he possibly needs. You have to figure out who he is, what he does well, and play to those strengths. I do think there is a world in which Baker Mayfield can go on to be a functional quarterback for someone. I think we got into this place with him where it's like he completely 100% sucks and has no merit or value whatsoever. And I don't think that's true. I think there's something to him, but he just needs to be in the right situation 
with the right coach and he needs to have the right stuff around him. He did not have that here for the most part. Kevin Stefanski got the most out of him in 2020, but, um, but you know, he needs, he would need more of that. And uh, so, yeah, he was a miss, but I still think he can go on to have a successful career, somewhat successful and make millions of dollars for a long period of time. So let's one more thing on Josh Allen here. Listen, Irie, dude threw like a horrible pick at the end of the Vikings game on Sunday to lose that game. They do not have a good record in close games. Like he, he certainly is a very talented quarterback who is better than I ever thought he would be. Are we like, we're all like a hundred percent sure on Josh Allen that like, he's the guy, he's a Super Bowl quarterback. There's not anything close and late that makes you hesitate. I re, are you all in on Josh Allen? Regarding choosing between him or any other quarterback within the 2018 draft. It's like he is your – well, he is he like – is there no doubt in your mind that he is a long-term winning at a high-level franchise quarterback? Is that like – is that discussion over and done with? They practically should have beat the Chiefs last year and then won the Super Bowl. Or is any of the stuff that happened in some of the games this year raising any – some of the doubts that people had about Josh Allen, about decision-making, accuracy, that kind of thing? I, I think only a little bit is uh... – the decisions and the late picks and in the red zone and the late games uh, decisions are bringing up questions and second thoughts about him. But when it comes to pointing out who these, who could be a potential long-term franchise winning quarterbacks all on that, some of that is on the quarterback themselves and doing their part, holding up the end of the bargain, but also pertains to who's around them to the roster that, that they are a part of to the organization that they are, you know, a part of. So re- regarding Josh and being so sold on him, we can say yes, I want because of what we're seeing now, but who knows, even pertaining to Baker, who knows if any other team in this position, if he ends up in a better position and is still long-term with that team compared to the Browns right now, you guys have seen how long the Browns have been, the Browns in this position for a while. I mean, the rebirth was in 99 and, uh, you know, we can count how many times that, you know, they've made the playoffs on one hand while the bills are looking to be a perennial Super Bowl contender at some point. So yes, we're also in it when it comes to Josh Allen, but I don't want to put him just yet. as like, yeah, he was going to be this long-term uh, great winning quarterback. Cause that all pertains to so many other factors at, at that point. I, I was definitely like a Josh Allen doubter. I mean, and so like, I think for anybody who was a Josh Allen doubter at the draft, like whenever he throws a pick, it's like, ha ha. It's like, <laughs> well, you know, there's also a play where he ran over six people and, 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 you know, threw a 90 yard touchdown pass and all that kind of stuff. And then it's like, oh, well, he made one mistake. And it's like, I knew it. He stinks. And so <laughs> I find myself doing that at times and I have to let that go. But there is a bigger picture question that I want to ask about this. Ashley, is this why they traded for Deshaun Watson? because they don't think they can develop their own guy. We're just having a conversation about develop. Could they have developed Lamar Jackson in one? Could they have developed? It's like, did Andrew Barry say, listen, man, what, what makes us think that we can do this? Let's get the guy that somebody else already developed. He's fully formed. We'll get him in here. Boom. We don't have to rely on organizational structure to help this guy grow into the league. Does this, does this lead them to the Deshaun Watson thing? Because, you know, I love developing your own quarterback. It's like, yeah, hey, why not? Just, but they, maybe they don't think they can do it. I don't know if it's necessarily that they don't think they can do it, but I do think that maybe the conversations around that would be that it would take too long to maybe do something like that, given the other parts of this team that they now have, Um, because they did develop, you know, they have plenty of homegrown guys on this team now, right? Obviously we know that I'm not going to list off all the names, but it's basically besides the quarterback, that's how this roster was largely built. It wasn't built through splashy trades and free agency signings. It was built through those years where the draft was Christmas in Cleveland, largely. Um, so I do think that it's more about the timing of it and like understanding, hey, guys like Miles Garrett and Nick Chubb and Denzel Ward don't have forever. So we can't goof around and, you know, try to pick up a guy in in next year's draft or whatever and see if maybe two, three, four years from now, we've developed like a Hall of Fame potentially type talent. I think Deshaun Watson comes to you. It's like, it's like, do you want to make mashed potatoes from scratch or do you want the boxed stuff that's like 
basically here. Now, I know some people don't like box mashed potatoes, but just go with me here. One's instant. One takes a little bit longer. In this instance, the rest of your meal is out on the table and it's getting cold. So you need to make those mashed potatoes as quickly as you can, even though, like you're saying, Doug, oftentimes, you know, you I think there is a lot of value in home growing your own quarterback. And even if the instant mashed potatoes have like a bunch of lawsuits against the instant mashed potatoes, you might just have to make the instant mashed potatoes because the rest <laughs> of the meal is ready. No, I think Correct. I think that's I mean, that's very, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I think that's a they're not. I think that's a very apt analogy because the meal's ready. Quick Can break. I, we, go ahead. Go ahead, Dan. I'm sorry. Ahead. I just want to say, like, I understand the wanting to develop a quarterback, but I think, like, the reason they had to do this is because of what Ashley said, but also, like, they they had their chances, but they missed them, right? Like, they had three quarterbacks that they could have taken and developed, and they either didn't take them or they picked the wrong one. And at this point, it's like, well, what are you going to do? Trade up and get Bryce Young or CJ Stroud or go get Deshaun Watt? Like they, they needed to, the, the development window closed and they, they missed on all their opportunities to pick a guy that they could develop as their own. I would like to make a point here too. Uh, and that is, even if a guy is already developed, you still have to know what to do with him when he gets into your building. You still have to be able to call the right kind of game for him. And that's what we don't know yet. That's what we're going to find out. When you see Mike McDaniel, brilliant play caller, doing a great job with Tua, of course, it helps to have Tyreek Hill. But, you know, that's a success story, right? Brian Dable, like we mentioned before, uh, he brought out the best in Josh Allen, knew what to do with him. He was sort of a, you know, a wild horse, and, and Brian Dable knew how to rein that in and, and figure that out. Patrick Mahomes with Andy Reid. I mean, if Pat had ended up here, is Pat Pat? I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think so. So what we need to find out is, okay, yeah, Deshaun is developed, but Deshaun didn't need much development. Deshaun came out of Clemson a winner and, and ready ready to win and ready to play in the NFL. And he was good as a rookie. So I don't think it's just, is he developed or do you want, you know, to try to bring the finished product in? I think it's whatever quarterback you have and whenever you get him, if you get him as a rookie or you get him as a veteran, do you know what the heck to do with him? And that's what we're going to have to find out. Quick break. When we come back, the Nick Chubless Browns, thanks to our redraft. How do we feel about that next? Back to wrap up the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Top 20 picks in the 2018 draft. 12 of those 20 have made a Pro Bowl. This was an opportunity for a lot of people to look smart. And so I do think the hard thing about this, Dan, is in the end, if you would say, what'd you get out of your draft? And you said, we got Denzel Ward and Nick Chubb. And you can pretend we got Wyatt Teller. It's like, man, that's an A plus, baby. Way to go, drafter. And it's like, well... Let me tell you about what happened at number one. But this was a formative draft for the Browns. And in our world, Dan, the Browns now have Josh Allen and Minka Fitzpatrick, but they don't have Denzel Ward and Nick Chubb. It really does change the direction of the franchise. Because when I was trying to think about people to build around, I think you can build a defense around Derwin James and Minka Fitzpatrick. And I think you can build an offense around Nick Chubb, which is why I think he deserved to go in the top five here. And I think if he was on some other team, some other team would be like, well, we're going to run it and we're going to build our offensive line and we're going to try to have a good quarterback. But this guy is a franchise back. Nick Chubb is a home run in the second round, and he has shaped who the Browns are and everybody loves him. So everyone's excited for Josh Allen in this new world, Dan, but they're sad that Nick Chubb's not here, aren't they? (sighs) No. Sam Josh Allen, what are you talking about? I think it's easy. I think it's easy to say that because we all love Nick Chubb and we know how good he is. And he is one of the best backs in football, and he would have become one of the best backs in football. Um, And like Bill Belichick is sitting somewhere every day cursing the day he picked Sony Michelle in the first round, like, and not Nick Chubb. Because Nick Chubb would carry the ball 40 times. Go ahead. The Browns do have Nick Chubb in this redraft. I took him at number four. I just, I was, I maybe wasn't understanding what was being said. <laughs> I just want to make sure we're on the oh, same did? page. Oh, right, I right. Do no, take I guess Nick that's Chubb true. Number four. Yeah. 
Well, we're gonna we're gonna right. pretend they did. All right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hypothetically, no, they Ashley did not. No, didn't let this world happen. I've created a world that Ashley refused to allow to exist. So I'm trying to be I that Thorax guy with the the jewels in his glove, and I'm wiping everybody away. And Ashley's mean, holding on to Nick Chubb did you just say and thorax? saying, "Don't leave." I don't know what his name is. He's Thanos. Josh Brown. I know that. Scott Patsko okay. is somewhere Point. screaming right name. now. Goodness. Torso. So whatever. <laughs> So point taken, the whole first thing I said is wrong. But certainly, if you were not as astute as Ashley, who did take Nick Chubb at four, there could be a world in a different draft where they Ashley saved us, where they didn't have Nick Chubb. It, this this draft still formed who the Browns are, Dan. But you'd you'd throw it all away for Josh Allen. You're saying. Yeah, and and look, in, in this redraft, one of the cool things we get to do is even if Ashley didn't mess this up and take Nick Chubb number four, we could. Uh, <laughs> I'm it, gonna, you it. have to stay and get in there. <laughs> I we still would have gotten a good player here for the Browns, right? Like Minka Fitzpatrick is a really good player. Derwin James is a really good, potentially great player. Um, even one of those tackles. So, I and and also you would have Josh Allen as your quarterback. So. I don't think the regret is there. The regret comes when you took a bad, when you took Sony Michelle or, instead of Nick Chubb, or you took, now Saquon Barkley's having an amazing year and he's kind of back to being Saquon, but right those years when Saquon was hurt and not playing, clearly like you have regrets not taking Nick Chubb. Or if you take a player who's an absolute bust here and you don't take Nick Chubb, that's when it hurts. So Again, this is nothing yet. We all love Nick Chubb. We're all glad Nick Chubb is a Cleveland Brown. But because the Browns would have taken Josh Allen and also another good player that isn't Nick Chubb, I don't think Browns fans would be sitting here saying, man, I wish we had Nick Chubb instead of Derwin James or Minka or, you know, somebody like that. The other funny thing is like going back and rereading like draft coverage at the time and, and reaction to the Browns taking Denzel Ward as high as they did. Um, it, there was surprise there, right? Because people didn't expect him specifically to go that high. But like all the discussion was like, well, they have like truly no cornerbacks on this team right now. So this is like maybe the right move. And obviously it has kind of worked out in that way because they've gotten to build their secondary around him. So taking a and defensive Ash- player there wasn't the worst thing, you know? What do you think, Ashley, of the world that you created where they have Josh Allen and Nick Chubb? I love a it. a lot of people in that backfield running over a lot of defenders. Gosh, there's, can you, would other teams try to like figure out a way to put like 15 people on the field? Like truly, I mean, you have two guys who just run over people. And I, I, you know, this is why I love Nick Chubb because he can run over you, but he's also like, I don't, I haven't checked the PFF elusiveness ratings in a while, but I know at, at one point, you know, he's leading in yards after contact and the most elusive running back in the league. He's a guy who can run you over. Who's also elusive. Josh Allen has the size can run you over. Obviously, it's like you said, Doug, sometimes the interceptions become a problem, but I love this offense. Let's see if we can put a hundred up every game. Let's go. Now I'm getting a little bit sad. Think about Josh Allen and Nick Chubb together. Before <laughs> it was kind of like, oh, well, they, they didn't get Josh Allen, but at least they wouldn't have had Nick Chubb. No, no, Ashley did take Nick Chubb. Josh <laughs> Allen and Nick Chubb. Can you, can you, can you feel the regret? We've dug. Wow. Where was your, was, I'm curious where your confusion was. Who did you have written down I, it for that I took? Well, I was looking at, at my top 10, where I oh, took there you go. at four. So I apologize for that. Doug's so my world, but I kind of like your world. I, have a, I literally have a knot in my stomach now over this fake draft. I was okay. I was okay. The Browns missing on Josh Allen until I thought about the world where they have Josh Allen and Nick Chubb. That's like three Super Bowls. Okay. We, I, now I feel terrible. Why did we do this to people? Why are we doing this? Hey, remember the franchise that's never won a Super Bowl? Let's talk about the huge colossal mistake they made and how they could be awesome right now. Um, Irie, if you could have either Denzel Ward or Nick Chubb, but not both, let's say that's the, let's say that's the pick at four. One's the real pick. One's the Ashley fake pick. Who would you rather have for this team, Irie, Denzel or Nick? I'm still going with Nick. This is why, because when it comes to – I don't want to go as far to say one's in lifetime and generational talents at running back, but Nick Chubb is a dangerous, terrific running back. And that's not somebody, the type of player that comes around often when it comes to cornerbacks, 
Denzel, Denzel Ward is terrific at, at his position. But you have multiple teams where they may trade or they may, you know, just, just pick up certain guys or even late rounders sometimes. We're not always used to seeing first rounder cornerbacks going out and doing terrifically. But when it comes to guys like Nick Chubb, who, I mean, Honestly, if this Browns team had more wins, Nick Chubb's name would be in the MVP conversation. That's the guy that I wanted my team and I went to build around. Would anyone take Denzel over Nick? Okay. Were you you not- know what? I, I just have to say real quick, I still have a little bit of a problem with taking running backs super, super high. I'm off, I'm off the, the, the scent on that. Uh, I still feel like you can – uh, you can get really good running backs later and that there are more premium positions that you should be taking in the top five in the draft. So I wouldn't take, I probably wouldn't take Saquon Barkley or Nick Chubb in the top five. I think there's other ways to impact the game and that you can still get your running game accomplished without taking those running backs that high. So in the end, this is a world, Dan, where, in 17, the Browns could have taken Miles Garrett and Deshaun Watson. Instead, they trade that pick, which then leads to the Denzel Ward pick. And now we're hit a position where they could have had Josh Allen and Denzel Ward or Josh Allen and Nick Chubb or our Josh Allen and Minka Fitzpatrick. You know, they wound up with good players in 18 for sure. They wound up with a really good player at number one in 17. But will when 50 years from now, will this be a time that people still look back and say, man – the Browns could have solved their quarterback situation much earlier than they did. And then they wound up having to trade away all those draft picks to get Mm -hmm. Deshaun Watson because they failed to get Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson or Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson when they were all sitting there in two consecutive drafts. I I think it depends on what happens over the next five to 10 years. I I think if this, if Deshaun Watson comes back and he's in that conversation, you know, to your question earlier that you were asking, I I think it's, I think it's Mahomes. I think it's Allen. And then I think it's, a tier below those guys. And I think Deshaun Watson is a guy who can be in that tier, like top of that tier below those guys. He's got that, that type of talent and maybe could even get into that discussion with those two. But if, if Deshaun Watson wins a Super Bowl here, wins a couple Super Bowls here, I don't think anybody's going to worry about 2018, Mm -hmm. but if it doesn't work out, everybody's going to look back and say, yeah, this was, I mean, it's all about the quarterback. And again, you know, you, you picked, you picked the wrong guy. And so, yeah, I, I just think it depends how things go over the next five to 10 years, how we're going to be framing this era of Browns football and that 2018 draft. Um, it's either going to be the moment where the Browns messed it all up, or it's just going to be a footnote because the Browns went and got Sean Watson and they won a bunch of Super Bowls. I also, before we go, before we go, Doug, I know, I know you've got a time constraint. I do think real quick, we should talk about the domino effect of Lamar Jackson going number two. Meaning what? That that in their own division, the Ravens do not have a franchise quarterback anymore? Yeah. Like the Ravens are stuck with Joe Flacco, like the, the zombie Joe Flacco. And what, where, what do they do? Like, who's the Ravens quarterback? If they don't, if Lamar Jackson doesn't fall to them at the end of the first round. No, and and, and as you said, I mean they they took Hayden Hurst earlier in that first round. It was kind of like, well, I guess we'll take a shot on this guy. I mean, anybody in the league could have done it. He was sitting there for anybody who wanted to take that same risk, and it is it compounds it that it's in their division. So in this draft where the Browns had the first pick, they didn't get a franchise quarterback, and the Ravens wind up trading to get the thirty second pick, and they do get a franchise quarterback for for a successful franchise that already was ahead of the Browns. I mean, it is, it is a compounding factor. And so, yeah, not only are you giving the Browns Josh Allen, you're taking Lamar away from Baltimore. It, it changes the face of the AFC North for, for decades. I mean, it, it completely flips the script on everything that's happened, Mary Kay. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. But I feel like there are certain organizations that are just so good at what they do. So good in the personnel departments that they will find a way. And I have to believe that somehow, some way, they would have found their franchise quarterback. I mean, they turned Lamar Jackson into one. I don't know that everybody could have done that. So I think they would have found their guy somehow, whether they had to trade for him, whether they would have gotten him in free agency. I think they know the position, and I think they would have been able to figure it out. So it it would have looked different, perhaps, but I think they would have nailed it some way because that's how good they are. 
and I, and I do think in the end that's the final conversation. I think we all agree on here is Mary Kay, as you said, it is a, it is an inexact science, right? Mm-hmm. But there are some scientists within the inexact science. Mm-hmm. who are better at the experiments than the other scientists are. And some of the scientists are blowing up their lab every day, and some of the scientists are discovering cures for stuff. And so the Bills are, are pretty good scientists. The Ravens have been a good scientist. And the, the Browns in the end just said, like, we're sick of doing these experiments. Let's get a sure thing. And here we are. It's not like it's not a coincidence exactly that like, oh, what bad luck for the Browns to take the wrong guy. It's like, well, you know, that's kind of how it's been. Mm -hmm. We needed to do this this week. I thought you guys were great. I thought it was an interesting conversation about how this came to be. But again, like with everything in life, you can't just take the good and then keep all the other good. Like, you know, there's a world where this would be a different team for sure. But in the end, it would be a team led by Josh Allen, and that would completely change this week as Cleveland is going to Buffalo, where apparently it's going to snow. Is that right? It's going to mm. snow like a foot. So good luck with that. Thanks, you guys, for listening to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Go to cleveland.com slash browns. Click on the blue uh, blue banner. Then you can subscribe to all the great stuff that these guys produce for now, for Irie, for Dan, for Ashley and Mary Kay. I'm Doug. Thanks for listening to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. <laughs>